Right, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And my name is Dave Everett and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on Don't Limit God. And so, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. And you can find more information about how to do so on our website at lighthouseinception.org. Well, with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump into our message this morning. This is part three of our series so far on Don't Limit God. And, you know, let me just start off by saying, you know, some of you are praying for your life to be different than the way it is right now. Some of you, you don't have any joy. Some of you, excuse me, are actually depressed about your life. You don't like your life. You don't like the direction your life is going. You feel stuck. Uh, whether that be because of sickness, whether finances, or other situations in life and circumstances. Uh, could even be politics and government, whatever it might be. Okay. But so many of you who are not don't have joy and depressed about your life, you're not doing what God's called you to do. I know that might sound a little, little, little tough. It might be a little, little forward. But I believe the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And even if we are in difficult situations, when Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Okay. And so if we are walking with God, even if we're in the middle of the storm, we can be like Jesus sleeping in the middle of the boat. Okay, and so, anyway, um, if your life is not full of joy and doing what you're doing, then the chances are very high you're not doing what God's called you to do. Because even if all hell's breaking loose, knowing that you're in the center of God's will, doing what he's called her to do should give you tremendous joy. Instead, many of us are going in the opposite direction. Similar to Jonah, some of us are going the opposite direction, ignorantly, but we don't realize it. Okay? But another way of looking at this too is that many of us follow logic versus we're following God. We allow our mind, our reasoning, our human reasoning to direct our paths versus a relationship with God and His work. Jesus didn't do anything without spending time with the Father. <coughs> and yet we think we can do things and be in the center of God's will. We don't spend any time with His Word and we don't spend any time with Him. We don't pray in the Spirit. And yet we think we can do a better job than Jesus or even as much as Jesus or even just 10% of what Jesus did without any relationship with God. Okay? And so, where I'm going with this too is also that we don't have to let our lives be dictated by what's going on in the world, what's being going on in our circumstances. We don't have to let our joy and our peace be dictated by what's going on in the world. We don't need to let our purpose to be dictated by what's going on in the world. We don't need to let our finances 
to be dictated by what's going on in the world. We don't need to let our life's journey be dictated by what's going on in the world and the circumstances that we seem to be facing. If we are born again, we are part of heaven's economy, not the world's economy. Okay? And so, our key verse in the series so far has been, and yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This is in context of speaking of Israel and the wilderness, going into the promised land. It was supposed to be a one-year journey, to end up being a 40-year journey. But again and again, they tempted God, and they limited God in their lives. And I mentioned this before, but one of the ways that we limit God is that we not classic, we compare ourselves, we compare ourselves to modern sense. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 12, he says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commit themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. How do we compare ourselves? There's a lot of different ways of looking at this. We've already looked at some, but let me just propose to you another question. What are you listening to? Or who are you listening to? Are you listening to God, His Word, His Spirit, as you pray in the Spirit? Or are you listening to family and friends? Am I saying that we're just supposed to just disregard family and friends? Should family and friends have a voice in our lives? I believe so, if they're Christians. <coughs> At some point in time, if what they say trumps what God says, then as much as I love them, I'm growing with God, not them. If what they're telling me doesn't affirm what God's already told me, God's my master, he's my Lord, and not my family and friends. We limit God when we listen to our family and friends more than we listen to God. Do you spend time talking to your family and friends more than you talk to God? Then you're limiting God. Who are you listening to? Who do you get your direction from? Who do you get your doctrine from? Is it God? Or is it from family and friends? I'm not against family and friends. I believe we all should have family and friends. If you don't have a natural family, you have a spiritual family called the body of Christ, called the family of God. And even in the church, we should listen to pastors and the body of Christ, but not if it, but if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then as much as I respect my pastor or a pastor, I'm going with God, not man. If I exalt something a pastor says, Versus what God says, then I'm limiting God in my life. Who, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the news? The sewage of this world? The news is not even news anymore. It's censorship. It's, 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 it's so evil. Okay? You know, Wigglesworth would not even allow a newspaper in his home. He didn't want that filth in his house. We don't want that filth in our house. Okay? And so, are you getting your wisdom? If you call it wisdom. Actually, there's two different kinds of wisdom. James compares 
or wisdom that is demonic, it's earthly, essential, compared with the wisdom that's from above. And he says, and the same concept, he says, with envy and strife, there's every evil work. But the wisdom from above is peace. I'm going to just summarize love, joy, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Okay? It's willing to be entreated. Are you getting your wisdom from social media? Okay? You know, there's a, there's, even on social media, there's people who want to speak into my lives, and when they try to speak in my life, they only use an ounce of scripture, and yet I support what I believe and what I'm doing with, with a lot of scripture. It's not a scripture battle, that, because I have maybe more knowledge of the scripture or whatnot. My point is, I'm basing on who I am and what I'm doing based on the word of God, Versus someone else who wants to speak in my life who doesn't even use the word of God at all. If you're going to speak into my life and you're not going to use the word of God, I'm like, who are you? Why would I value someone speaking to my life when the word of God is not even part of the equation? And vice versa. Okay, and I can go on a lot of different tangents with that. Okay, but... Who are you listening to? Because whoever you're listening to, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, if it's not based on the Word of God, then no disrespect to that person, but I'm going to magnify and honor and exalt God, not man. And when I exalt anything anyone else says, no matter if their heart's in the right place or not, and I exalt that over the word of God and our relationship with God, then I'm limiting God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about limiting God in our lives. Okay? You know, for example, the world has <coughs> adopted concepts like flu season, COVID. And I'm not saying there's not a such a thing as a flu or a cold or uh, COVID. Okay? But it says in Psalm 91, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, and my fortress, my God, and Him I will trust. <coughs> sure. Excuse me. Surely he, has, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 7. A thousand shall fall on your side, and then ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Folks, if we are Christians, and we are believers, and we've made the Lord our dwelling place, no plague shall come near you. Flu, the flu is not allowed in this body. COVID is not allowed in this body. I still need to rebuke this asthma cough that you hear every week. Okay? And I need to be rebuking it. Okay? But I'm not going to say, well, everyone, it's just normal. Everyone gets the flu. No. Everyone gets the flu. I haven't had the flu since 2009. That's the last time I had it. Okay? 
My, you know, some people say, well, I'm just human. No, you're born, if you're you know, a child of God, you're born again. One third of you is filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're not just human. If you're born again, you're supernatural. You're born again, not a corruptible seed, which is heaven. You're born again of incorruptible seed, which is Jesus Christ and His Word. Well, that's not politically correct, Pastor. Well, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm not about being politically correct. I'm about being biblically correct. Okay? Most political correctness nowadays is nothing but the spirit of Antichrist. Well, I didn't say it was the Antichrist, I said it's the spirit of the Antichrist. Antichrist, the word Antichristo in the, in the Greek means instead of or against Christ. And a lot of politics nowadays is instead of or against Christ. Okay? And anything that's going to exalt itself over the Word of God is the spirit of Antichrist. I'm not about being politically correct, I'm about being biblically correct. Okay? And so I exalt God. If you're if you're going to exalt political correctness over the Word of God, you're limiting God in your life big time. Okay? Well, folks, one thing I'm trying to paint a picture, that we're born again, we're different. We're born of a totally different seed. We're born again, we're a child of God. And we're different. It says in Deuteronomy, Excuse me, again, verse 20, in chapter 20, verse, beginning verse 3. Blessed shall be you in the blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket. Excuse me. And your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. And in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 12, and the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give you the rain to your land in this season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath. There's a lot more, I skipped over some verses in both of these last scriptures just for the sake of time and whatnot. But, you know, we're born again. We're different. We're blessed. We're blessed. If you don't know you're blessed, then you're limiting God. If you don't believe you're blessed, you're limiting God. Okay? I love you, but I'm going to love you enough to tell you the truth. You need to know who you are in Christ. There's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament alone talk about who you are in Christ. We are blessed. And we are blessed to be a blessing. Okay? Let me just say this in context of what I've been saying. <coughs> we should not be comparing ourselves with those who do not have God living on the inside of them. I want to say that again. I use a verse that those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. And that's from 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Okay? But we should not be comparing ourselves with those who do not have God living on the inside of them. Those of us who have God living on the inside of them are way different than those who do not have God. Okay, and I'm going to continue to paint that picture. But most people, including Christians, don't let the Word of God get in the way of what they believe. 
Most people will not allow the word of God to get in the way of their COVID, or their flu, or their cold, or their lack, or whatever circumstances is going on. We need to let the word of God to get in the way of what we believe. Family traditions. Some family traditions are awesome, you know? Maybe when you get together for the holidays or birthdays or whatever you might do on a certain day of the week and uh, how you how you honor one another in the home and different things, for example, okay? Those can be awesome. But anytime family traditions exalt themselves over the Word of God, then we are limiting God. Anytime uh, cultural Traditions. Each culture has different traditions. And we allow those traditions to exalt themselves over the Word of God. Some cultural traditions are very awesome and, and can be. Okay? But when they exalt themselves over the Word of God, we make the Word of God of no effect. Okay? We limit God. And anytime you make the Word of God of no effect, you're limiting God big time. Okay? Because the Word of God is not the ink, the Word of God is the person. His name is Christ. His name is Jesus. What I'm trying to paint the picture is that we need to change the way that we believe. Okay? Many of us are stuck. Many of us are limiting God because our belief system is wrong. We've allowed family traditions, cultural traditions, and different things get in the way of what we believe. Many of us have exalted many even noble things over the word of God and by doing so we've limited God. It's as if we are making traditions our God and not God. God, God is not competing with anybody. He, he's either your God or he's not. He's either your Lord or something else is your Lord. Something else is your master. Something else is your king. Okay? We limit God when we don't allow God to be God in our lives. Am I making sense? If you don't allow God to be God in every area of your life, you're limiting God in those areas of life where you're not letting God be God. Am I making myself clear? I'm not getting on your case, but I am shaking the tree. Let's see what falls out. Okay? For example, are you sick? then you need to stop focusing on your sickness, studying your sickness. You need to start getting in the Word of God, and I can give you hundreds and hundreds of scriptures about how right God shows by His stripes you were healed. Now, God wants you well. Now, healing is here. Salvation is here, which includes healing. And you need to stop focusing on your sickness, and you need to start focusing on God and His Word regarding sickness. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony that those who have a vicious disease of some sort begin so focused on the Word of God regarding healing. And it might take a little while for some people because they got to change their thinking, they got to change their belief system. It's not God who needs to move. He's not the one stuck. We need to change. And by changing their belief system and where does faith come from? The Word of God. They get healed. Okay? Are you stuck financially? Lack? 
then you need to believe God. You need to change your focus. Get your focus off your lack and get your focus on God. Again, I can give you hundreds and hundreds of scriptures how my gosh has applied my needs according to his riches and glory Christ Jesus. I can tell you scripture after scripture how God wants to meet your need and bless you to be a blessing. And you need to get focus off your lack and get focus on God. Because if you are making sickness your Lord, you're limiting God. If you're making lack your Lord, you're limiting God. Okay? Wisdom. You need wisdom? I can give you I can read you the whole book of Proverbs on wisdom. And there's many other scriptures, including James, that said, if you lack wisdom, let me ask of God, he will give it to you liberally. And the greatest wisdom of all, according to Paul's letter, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay? There's no reason why you need to have lack of wisdom. Do you need direction? Are you at a fork in the road and you don't know, do you go this way or this way? Or you don't even know what you don't even know how to get up and what direction you're supposed to go at all? Then you need to get in the Word of God. The children of Israel, the pillar of cloud was their, their, their navigation device by day, and the pillar of fire by night. You need to get direction from spending time with God and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he did nothing without spending time with the Father. If you don't know where to go, if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, if you need direction about a decision, then you need to spend time with God and His Word, spend time with God in prayer and with the Holy Spirit, and He will give you direction. If Jesus couldn't do anything without spending time with the Father, who do you think you are? Okay? And so, we need to get our direction from God. Allow Him to be God in our lives. Are you stuck? <coughs> Excuse me. You can be stuck because of a physical issue. You can be stuck because of a financial issue. You can be stuck because you are addicted or something. Okay? Then you need to spend time with God and let you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay? There's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in Christ to live with Christ, and there's freedom in Christ to do what God has called you to do. Okay? Are you depressed? Are you having emotional challenges? Whether that be anger or depression or whatever that might be. Then you need to get focused off your problem and get focused on God. And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. If you are depressed and you are not focused on God, you're focused on whatever you're wallowing in. But it's not God. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. If we're born again, we have an inexpressible joy. You have nothing to be depressed about. But if you're being depressed, there's something in your life or multiple things in your life that you are exalting above God. And you're limiting God. If your attitude is poor me, poor me, you're so focused on what your problem is that you are limiting God. And I'm not trying to be, I want to be have sympathy and empathy for you, but I'm here to exalt God and say you need to get out of that pit, you need to get out of that mindset, you need to get out of that depression, and you need to focus on God. 
and let him revive your joy, your peace, and your purpose in life. Okay? It says in Joshua 1.8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We need to meditate God's word day and night. If you're, if you're sick or lack or with, need wisdom, direction, stuck or depressed or any of these things, and you're not meditating on God, God and his word day and night, you're limiting God. How do you get out of the problem? Get in relationship with God. Okay? Instead of focusing on the word of God, though, most of us limit God. We put all, you see, most of us are so focused on the problem, we're not focused on God. You've made the problem your Lord. You might not have done that intentionally, you might not have done that knowingly, but by you so focused, and you allowing that problem, whatever it is, to dictate what you can and cannot do, you've made that thing your Lord instead of Jesus. And that thing that's blocking you from doing what God's called you to be and doing what God's called you to do needs to bow to the finished work of the cross and the finished work of Jesus and it needs to become your footstool and Jesus become your Lord. Okay? Folks, one, one thing I'm trying to paint in picture this morning, there should be a difference between us Christians and the world. There should be a difference between the people of God and the people of the world. <coughs> Excuse me. There should be a difference between us who have a relationship with God and those who have nothing but religion. There should be something different between us who are born again, born of God, and those who are still dead in their trespasses. Let me say something very profound. We are not average. First of all, we're supernatural. We're born again. That's, super, that's the most supernatural thing you can have, is being born again. But we are not average. Why are we not average? First of all, we're alive and they're dead. They might be walking around, talking, doing things, but spiritually, they, we are alive and they are dead. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe the Word of God. Okay? You're, you don't believe that, then you're limiting God right there. Okay? We're alive. They're dead. See, some of us are just as sick as our neighbor. Some of us are just as poor as our neighbor. Some of us are just as stuck as our neighbor. Some of us are just as depressed as our neighbor. Some of us are such as... We are... We are just as negative as our neighbor. Some of you are negative. Negative, negative, negative. Just like the world. Some of you are just as emotional, angry, depressed as the world. And there's other uh, emotions too. There ought to be a difference between us and them. Why? Because we're believers. We're born again. We're children of the King, of, the, of God. We're born of God. See, average, to me, 
Anything that's average is lukewarm. And Revelation says, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out my mouth. I don't want to be average. Because me, average is lukewarm. Okay? We're not average. We're redeemed. God made us special. You don't think you're special? Well, let me give you several scriptures. First of all, 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and to his marvelous light. You're special. I mean, right there, I love this. You're a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You don't think you're special? You are his own special people. I just want that to sink in for a moment. Okay? You're special. He says, For I know that thoughts I have to you, Jesus says the Lord. A thoughts of peace is not evil. To give you a hope and a, a, a <clears throat> give you a future and a hope. <clears throat> like we said last week from the King James, to give you an expected end. You're special. You're special. And God says, I pray that you that you they prosper in all things, not just finances, but not excluding finances. And be in health just as your soul prospers. God wants everything about you to be prosperous and be in good health. Okay, you're special. You're special. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forgive all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life with destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You're special. You're special. And when you know the love of Christ who passes knowledge, you are filled with the very fullness of God who is able to do above, uh, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in us. And I expounded on that last week in greater detail. You're special. You have his fullness. Of his fullness you have received in grace for grace. You're special. You really think God would give, put his fullness in something that wasn't special? The God of the universe, the God who created everything, the ancient of days, the beginning, the, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning of the year, the desire of all nations, is the, his fullness is inside of you. I want that to sink in. It says in, Hag, in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, that he is the desire of all nations. Everything all the nations of the world have ever desired to put together, he is that. And that is on the inside of you. That's huge. Okay? You're special. You're special. And you are a God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you, his fullness, he's in you, is greater than he's in the world. You're special. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You're special. You're special. And in him you live and move and have your being. As some of the poets have said. You're special. You're special and you're crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you and the life which you now live in the flesh. I live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you 
and gave himself for you. I changed the pronoun. Okay, from I, I made it personal for you. But you're special. Christ is living in you. Christ is living in you. You're special. You're special. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You're special. His beauty is upon you. You're special. You're not average. Amen or oh me. And these scriptures, and I can give you tons more, don't make you excited and full of joy. You're what is wet. You're limiting God. If we don't feel special, we are limiting God. He didn't create Chuck, and he didn't re he didn't die and raise again from the third on the third day to recreate Chuck. He redeemed you. You're special. He thought you were worth dying for. If you don't think you were worth dying for, well, sorry, he already did it. You're late. He already did it. He already died for you. He already rose again for you. You just need to believe it and receive it. Until you do, you're limiting God in your life. You're special. We're not average. Do you really want to be just like everyone else? With the same physical problems, the same emotional problems, the same family problems, the same financial problems? We need to get into the Word of God and find out what God says about who He is and about who we are in Him. Okay. Many of us are just limiting God by the way that we think our natural thinking, our traditions, and the Word of God, and so forth. It says in Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are higher than your ways. They're grander. They're bigger. Many of us are limiting God because we are not spending time with God to find out what those ways are. And not those thoughts are. We don't, we've never, some of us have never tapped into what his ways are. And we are hitting so below the, the belt of where we, we, where we could be, where we need to be. And there's only one way to know his ways and his thoughts, and that's spend time with him. Okay. Again, going back to do, do, uh, five. Actually, let me keep reading this context. I was reading this, which what I want to say, but this goes with it. The rest of the chapter. For as the rain comes down and the snow from the heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper the thing for which I sent it. Verse 12. For you shall go out with joy. There's that joy again. And be led out with peace. And let, peace. And let the mountains and the hills break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. 
instead of the thorn. Some of your lives, some of you look at your life, you see nothing but thorns. Shall come the cypress tree. Instead of the briar, shall come the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Some people don't like prosperity. Well, this is being instead of a thorn being a cypress tree, that's prosperity. Instead of a briar tree being a myrtle tree, that is prosperity. Okay? I could go a lot deeper with the meanings of the different types of trees. But at the same point, point in time, God wants, you are blessed. His ways are higher. His ways are grander. You're not a thorn bush just existing in, in the desert. You are a child of the king. You are a child of God. And again, going back to Deuteronomy, and the Lord will make that you the head and not the tail, and you should be above only and not beneath. You are blessed. You are blessed. If you don't know this, if you don't realize this, and you, and you don't allow his word to come down and water you and, 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 and cause it to bud and cause your life to change over, you're a limiting God. Okay? We read all these scriptures I'm talking about, but it says in Romans that there is no partiality of God. I read a verse last week got that God has no respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. Those who believe him and, and walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 1 4 says this He who gave himself for our sins that we, he might deliver us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. God's will, the will of God, was to deliver you from this age. And yet most of us are limiting ourselves because of the things going on in the world in this age. We've allowed this present evil age to lord over us. We've limited God, and God's will is to deliver us from that. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. The kingdom of God is not here and there. The kingdom of God is within you. It's to our Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. You have the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's how you don't have joy. You don't have peace. You're struggling to get your own righteousness instead of receiving his gift of righteousness. And you're limiting God. By doing all that. Well, I switch gears a little bit. Based on everything I've shared so far this morning, what's your experience? We're supposed to be witnessing to the world. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. So if you are witnessing, what's your testimony? If you're going to be a witness to go on the witness stand, what's your testimony? Money. It says in Acts 1 8 that you shall be witnesses to all the earth. If you're a witness filled with the Holy Spirit, what's your testimony? Well, I'm just as sick as the world. I'm just as poor as the world. I'm just as stuck as the world. I'm just as negative as the world. And the list can go on and on. How are you different? What's your testimony? 
Are you going to testify of what Jesus has done, how he has set you free, how he's made you instead of a thorn, he made you into a cypress tree, instead of a briar, he's made you into a myrtle tree? Are you going to testify of the goodness of God in your life? If you have not, if you can't testify of the goodness of God, not only are you limiting God, but I'm praying that you get a revelation of the goodness of God. That you taste and you see that the Lord, that He is good. Some of you, when I read your Facebook posts, it's nothing but negative about all the things going on in this world. That's your testimony. You're supposed to be a witnesses. You're supposed to be a witnesses to Jesus. And your your only witness is that people are going to hell. Your only witness is that this is happening. Yes, if they don't have Jesus, they're going to hell. But it's, it's his goodness that leads them to repentance. They might be going to hell without Jesus, but you've never preached Jesus to them. All you told them that they're going to hell. When are you going to preach Jesus? So they don't have to go to hell. Because just warning them that they're going to hell and not preaching Jesus, you give them nothing to go on. We need to preach, and we need to give testimony of Jesus. Go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Freely we receive, freely we give. Make disciples of Christ of all nations. And again and again, they tempted God, limiting God. We have something to testify. And if you don't have something to testify, you have been limiting God from where you start. You start right now. Humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord that He may lift you up and make you a testimony, make you a light and a salt to the earth that Jesus reigns. God reigns. Well, if, if we limit ourselves because we don't Spend time with God. And in spending time with God, we should begin direction for our lives. And if you are spending time with God, let me ask you a question. What do you see yourself doing? What do you see yourself doing? Because if the image is not on the inside. You're not going to do it on the outside. Let me say that again. If the image is not on the inside, you're not going to do it on the outside. And where do you get that image from? You get that image from spending time with God. And allow Him to paint an image on your heart of what your destiny and your purpose and your vocation is supposed to be. And unless you have that image on the inside, you're not going to do it on the outside. Therefore, unless you have that image on the inside, you are living in God. We need to change the image on the inside. We need to change what we see. We need to change who we, how we see ourselves. We need to change how, what we see ourselves doing. And based on that change, based on the image, we make decisions.
to do what God calls to do and be who God calls to be. Am I making sense? We need, and in order to change, in order to change the direction of our life, we need to change the image on the inside. We need to change on what we're seeing on the inside, where we're going, who we are, what we're called to do. And until we change that image and change what we see, see, some of you, you see, <coughs> your image is that you're not special. Some of you, all you can see is the sickness that you're dealing with. All, all you can see is the lack. All you can see is what's going on in your world, in your co country, and whatnot. But that image does not come from God. God does not see you sick. God does not see you poor. God does not see you inferior. Was Joseph inferior when he was in Potiphar's house or in prison? Was, was Daniel inferior? when he was in, uh, basically a prisoner of war in, under four different kingdoms. Okay? And I can go on and on and on, but Joseph and Daniel did exploits for the kingdom of God. And they were both prisoners. They were both slaves. And yet they did more for God than most of us have done. And we're in a better covenant. We have greater things. We need to change the image. See, Joseph and Daniel could do exploits because they had a healthy image on the inside of who they were. We need to change the image on the inside. We need to change what we see and decide to stop limiting God. See, something happens. Something happens in the spiritual realm when we start believing God. Nothing happens in the spiritual realm when we limit God. But something happens when we take God and His Word and we start believing Him. But maybe us, we can't even believe what God has said about us because we don't even know what God says. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth can't set you free if you don't know it. You need to have a relationship with God, His Word, a relationship with God by spending time with the Spirit so you can know who He is and what He's called you to do. Now that image to change that, your image, you need to be focused on that and not your circumstance, not your not your world or your country or, or what's going on. You need to be so focused on Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Because your circumstances can change. God will not. <coughs> if something happens in the spiritual realm when we believe God, you have to see God's purpose for your life. You have to see God's purpose. I can't see God's purpose for you, for you. And you can't see God's purpose for me, for me. I may see God's purpose for your life, perhaps, but that doesn't do you any good until you see it. And you might see God's purpose for my life, but it doesn't do me any good until I see it. Okay? 
We, this whole message is about taking the limits off God. And God can't be God if we don't allow him to be God. I believe God has more for you than you are experiencing. And I know there's areas in my life God has more for me than I'm experiencing even right now. This message is for me, just this message for you. Okay? The kingdom of God is supposed to work. It's supposed to increase and multiply. But in order for the kingdom of God to work in your life, you need to change what you're seeing and the way you're believing and the way that you're thinking. In order for the kingdom of God to work in our life, we need to change our thinking and we need to believe differently. Because as we said before, it, it, the just shall live by his faith. He says in Romans, he says in Galatians, he says in Habakkuk 2.4, he says it in Hebrews 10.38, the scripture is full with this concept, the just shall live by faith. And anything that's not a faith is a sin. And without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay? And we shared this last week. The cursed man is a man that trusts in a man and make his flesh his arm, and his heart depart from the Lord, for he shall not. <coughs> for he shall be like a heath in the desert, and shall not see when the good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and his hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spread it out her roots by the river. And shall not see when the heat comes, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the old drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Again, I, I, I glean so much from this passage every time I read it. But we're comparing a cursed man from a blessed man. The cursed man is trusting in himself or other people, or the blessed man is trusting in God and God alone. They both have a blind spot. The cursed man doesn't see the good. It's there. He doesn't see it because he's so focused on the problem. He's so focused on himself and man for his strength. He doesn't see the good. It's there, but he doesn't see it. He can't tap into something he doesn't see. He doesn't have that image in his mind of the good. All he sees is what the lack. All he sees is what's not happening, what's going wrong. All he sees is himself existing in the desert, in a dry place where there's no habitation. His life can't go anywhere because his, his image is limited. But blessed, but the, 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 the blessed man doesn't see too. He doesn't see the heat. The famine's there. The drought is there. But he doesn't, it doesn't affect him because he doesn't see it. Why doesn't he see it? Because it's focused on God. And even in the year of drought, he does, his leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither will cease from yielding fruit. I want to be this man who's blessed no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's going on in the world, because I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not, not below. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. 
and I'm a child of God, and I know His love that surpasses knowledge, and I am filled with the very fullness of God, and I know that He is able to do above and beyond I can ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work. Is at work. It's still working on the inside of me. That's the image. The image I have to have is that God, the fullness of God is in me, and He is working to will and to do of His good pleasure. And He is in me, and He's able to do. That's the image I have. That's the image I have to have every morning, every evening, every day, through my dreams and whatnot. That's the image I have. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because of He is fullness. His fullness is in me. And when I struggle, and I've had, I've had struggles, when I feel down and, and I just can't get back my way, I can't get the image back, I need to build myself up in my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit until I get it back. We can take the limits off God. And we can start being getting healed. And healing others. We can take the limits off God. And we can multiply and increase our effectiveness. We can take the limits off God. And we can see our lives transform. See, when we take the limits off God, when we change our image. And we change who we are listening to. His word becomes a seed that falls in good soil. I just finished a message a few weeks ago about, about everything's a seed. And when I stop listening to others and exalting what they say about God, and I switch it, well, that doesn't mean I don't listen to family and friends, that doesn't mean I don't listen to different things and different people, but I exalt God's word about them. I just change the seed. And that seed going into my heart, into my mind, in my ears. And that image that's being painted in my heart is change. And I begin to believe what God said versus what man said. And I become blessed and not cursed. And I my, my crop, my field becomes green even in the air drought. Because I take the limits of God. Because as a man thinking, so is he. And so I have to continue to change my thinking based on the Word of God, based on the relationship with God, based on praying and building up my, my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you stuck? Focus on God. Are you sick? Focus on God. Do you want things to go differently in your life? Then you need to focus on God. You need to change your thinking. You need to change your believing. You need to stop limiting God. You need to quit complaining. You need to quit comparing yourselves among yourselves. You need to abide in the vine and his word. Because apart from him, you can't do anything. And you need, based on all that, you need to begin to do extraordinary things. I want to end on this note, though. <coughs> Excuse me. 
I was going to actually end right there, and then the Lord had me tag on another verse, and I wanted to say some things about this real quick. In Luke chapter 11, <coughs> Jesus says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a sicker place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. And the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when you, your eye is good, your whole body is also your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed of the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part of dark, part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the light, as when the bright shining of the lamp gives you light. <coughs> About seven or eight times, there's the word lamp right here again. The word light or lamp is used in these four verses. About seven or eight times. So obviously the key word right now that we're talking about is light. How many know that we are the light of the world? How many know Jesus is the light of the world? But we also are going to call the light of the world by Jesus. And how many of you know real quick that God's light is supposed to be in our lamps so that people can come see us burn. We're supposed to get a fire for God so people come and see us burn. They come and see the light, the testimony, the witness of us, of Christ living in us, the hope of glory. But <coughs> The light that I'm talking about is our source of, source of truth. Excuse me. I want to say that again. The light is talking about your source of truth. How many know the truth is Jesus Christ? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is Jesus. And the water sayings out there and then they say, well, my truth. This is my truth. I don't care what your truth is. I want to know what that truth is. And that's Jesus. <coughs> the source of truth is Jesus. Okay? Excuse me. But if you choose to find truth in your circumstance, if you choose to find truth in your own human judgment or reasoning, logic, you become the problem. I want to say that again. If you choose to find truth, not in Jesus, his word, his presence, but you choose to find truth in your circumstance, or you find truth in your own human reasoning, you become the problem. See, where you look, you will go. Did we not just see that right here in Proverbs? As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, heart, so is he. And there's more scripture that can tag on to there. But where you look is where you go. By focusing on your problems, 
through the lens of your own human reasoning, you begin to exalt your voice over God's. I want to say that again. By focusing on your problems with your own human reasoning as your lens, your you begin to exalt your voice over God's. Life becomes about you, not about Jesus. When you exalt how you see things through your lens, through your natural perspective, Let me say it again. When, again, when you focus on your problems through the lens of your own human reasoning, you become the problem because you exalt in the voice, your voice over the voice of God. And life, day in and day out, becomes about you and not about Jesus. And you establish belief based on human respect, perspective, not the word of God, not God's perspective. So many of us go through life every day, and we base life, every the issues of life, everything about life, and even our purpose for life, from a human perspective. And it's, we've done it for so long. Some of, us have, some of us have done this for decades and a lifetime. That we have established our beliefs based on human perspective and not God's perspective and we've limited God. No matter how big the problem is, no matter how complex, no matter how intertwined it is, multi-generation, how long it's gone Sometimes the, the original problem has become a complex of problems. But no how, matter how big the problem is, Jesus is the solution. As long as you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will always experience victory. As long as you focus your attention, uh, fix your eyes and focus and gaze on Jesus, you will always experience victory. But anytime you take your gate, you focus off Jesus, and you focus on the storm, or on the problem, you will sink, and you will sink to the bottom. Am I making sense? So when we focus on Jesus, we will have the victory. But when we focus on the problem, we limit God. And that's what we're talking about in this series. Don't limit God. I hope this has blessed you, ministered to you, challenged you, spurred you. Okay? That's my job. Equip you for every good work. And so anyway, God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Amen.